What's up, everyone? It is March. It is now time to take things seriously as we have now reached the point that we are less than two weeks away from the kickoff for Orange County Soccer Club in their defense of their championship from 2021. Uh, sorry for getting started a little bit late. We thought we started things out. We went through this whole intro and then we realized it didn't work. So we're going to do it now. Hopefully it's working. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the orange and black soccer cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm going to take you through this journey tonight as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let's go around the table here to introduce all the rest of my co-hosts. First, the man that was here at the very beginning. He's got a speaker up you know, behind him. Maybe he's bumping, uh, listening to what's going on. I don't know. He's got headphones going too. Who knows what's going on? But that's Dylan from Caroline Coalition. Dylan, my man, how are we doing? Are you excited? We're almost there. We're almost to, to the start of the season. Uh, yeah, cautiously excited. There's, there's some missing pieces. I think that the club is hopefully finalizing this week, but, um, I don't know. I have, I have this weird feeling of not being nervous about the season because we, we have a star on our chests now and there's just something really sweet about that. And, you know, those don't get taken away. There is something very sweet about having a star over the crest uh, on your jersey, on your logo, on the uh, merchandise that you have available to your fans. It's awesome. Um, hopefully, we're seeing that when we're doing when, when we watch these matches uh, on ESPN Plus, and they're going to use the correct uh, branding there. Let's jump down the uh, the five or I five or let's just say jump down five to San Diego, where Alan is hanging out um, after his run with uh, the USL show. Now here's here, here he is joining us on uh, our podcast busy day for you as always alan how are you doing my man and how excited are you are you for this upcoming season uh i'm pretty excited i think i'm i'm ready for um some a bunch of predictions to go wrong because no one really knows who's going to be you know good or bad there's always a couple teams that are surprising in both directions and i'm just waiting for those first couple weeks of chaos where everyone is trying to figure out who they are and how the team actually fits in competitive games and uh you know, people are full of hot takes uh, as well that your team is either going to win the cup because you won the first week or your team will never win again if you lose the first week. So I am excited for all of that chaos and craziness. Oh, the fun point of the season where we get to complain about the power rankings because someone uh, that is horrible won the first week. So now they're sitting fifth on the, the power rankings where Orange County loses or draws in their first match and they're sitting 20th. That We all know that's going to happen at some point in the season. Uh we complain about power rankings. We complain about referees. Um, and sometimes people like me complain about strategies or coaching. Um, we got one more person to talk about. We're going to go north and west. 
up in the uh, the mountains of Nevada area. We we. Oh, wait, no, West. No, you're right. You're right. Wait, he's I almost contradicted okay. myself. I Polanski out. Wow. Wow. Brad, Brad up in Reno. How you doing, my man? I, how, how how many how many uh, cups? I, are you I can only I can only tonight? assume you're talking about me. Uh, I have some bad internet going on tonight, so we'll see how how um yeah. I don't know what else to say. I'm dealing with some internet issues up here in Reno, so we'll see how well I can do today. Maybe it's time to move internet. down to uh, to society here in, in Southern California. Is that what you call I it now? I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, the society, let alone my roommates, and that I have five of them. Just bring them all along. They can all come down here to uh, Orange County. Or if you want, you want you want to play it a little bit riskier, head down towards San Diego. Who knows? Um, let's do this. So, like I mentioned, we're less than two weeks away from the start of Orange County's title defense. Uh, the first match of the season is going to be a what? The the twelfth, right, of this month. So, 12, 12 days away from now, uh, and they are going to be on the road against Colorado Springs. Dylan's looking confused there when I said twelve days from now. Maybe it's eleven days from now. I don't know how you count that. Are we counting today? Are we starting with tomorrow? Who knows? Um, but nevertheless, on the 12th, a match against Colorado Springs opens the season for Orange County in their title defense, uh, which means next week's episode, we're going to be, we're going to get back into the swing of things and we're going to talk about matches and preview matches and uh, break down matches after that first week, right? Um, so we're going to take this episode just to do some, uh, sort of on the fly predictions for the season. Uh, we're all going to just sort of discuss things, maybe come up with some questions for each other uh, questions, sort of like, where do you think orange County finishes in the regular season or who's going to be the most important player on the roster for orange County, things like that. We're going to talk about that. We want to hear what you have to say in the comments. So if you have anything that you want to share, if you have any questions or any uh, topics you want us to discuss about this upcoming season, throw them out on the comments. That's the benefit of, listening slash watching live as you get to actually interact with us and we will uh, respond to you if you have good things to say in the comments or even if you have a trash talk in the comments we'll respond to those as well um let's start off with this i'm gonna just jump into this first match is in a couple weeks uh we know orange county sometimes has difficulty get off to good starts uh, on the seasons sometimes uh it's a little bit slow going uh, what are you thinking for the first, let's say, five matches of this season? How is Orange County going to do when it comes down to those first five matches in the USL Championship in their defense of the title? Um, I don't, I, I, again, we're doing this on the fly, so I don't have any of the information in front of me. I'm going to look that up as we're going here, but I'm sure someone else has already pulled that up as I just started discussing this. Um, we'll go to Dylan first. First five matches of the season. So starting off with Colorado Springs. Uh, then you got a match the next week's uh, home match against RGV Toros, then New Mexico United. But then we have a U.S. Open Cup in there, but we're not going to really get into that quite yet. Then you got San Antonio and Sacramento. Um, two on the road, three at home. Dylan, how are we doing? How 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 is Orange County's title defense going to get off uh, to start the season? It's going to be a mixed bag. Um, you, you've mentioned defense quite a few times, and I, I think you, there's a bit of a hole. Uh, Robbie Kiernan hasn't been announced as returning. There's rumors about him being in Orange County and being productive, but um, without him being, you know, maybe there in the center of defense, there's a lot of new faces that need real 
actual competitive minutes to gel. So a mixed bag of guys getting to know each other and getting used to um, what a competitive 90 minutes looks like. On the flip side of that, it's a lot of new guys who are going to be really eager to prove that uh, they deserve to start over some guys that have uh, won a cup. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to even touch the U.S. Open Cup. We have a tradition to follow, and we uh, can't criticize anyone for what should happen in that match. Yeah, and we'll get to the U.S. Open Cup as we get closer to that match. Um, we'll definitely talk about that. One of our listeners on YouTube basically straight up said um, USL Championship winners or the trophy holders should not be starting on the road. They should have earned the right to play at home to start the season. Um, I, I agree with that. Alan, do you agree with that statement? And How do you think the first five matches are going to go for Orange County? Which one do I want to take first? Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Anytime a team wins, you know, maybe their first game should be a home celebration for sure. Um, I'm not sure if this was like a request from Orange County or there was a scheduling issue or whatever reason. I mean, there's 18,000 reasons why, like, uh, it's not like USL is going to go out of their way to be like, screw Orange County. They're starting on the road. Um, I would be curious to know if there was a reason, but yes, Orange County should open up at home. Um, it's also rude that you're opening up on the road in Colorado Springs uh, against the Colorado Springs to be uh, looks to be kind of building to be more successful. Um, RGV has been interesting. New Mexico is always a tough match. San Antonio is good. And who knows about Sacramento? So I, I think, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, you're going to figure out who Orange County is really quick. Like, are they, are they starting out the season with the pieces in place to continue how they played last year? Or is it going to take a little while to get some new people caught up and in? Uh, I think you're going to learn a lot in five. But the other thing is I'm going to borrow a Braden Cloutierism. It's like after 10 games. Like that's the other thing too. You can go okay your first five. But if you you know finish that, follow that up with a good five and a, a good place after 10 matches, that's, that's what you need. Um so not a ton of pressure to come out and have to win it a bunch of these, but <laughs> um, let, let me go up to you, Brad, uh, you know, you get your first full season as a member of our podcast, as a, you know, true orange County is your number one USL championship team. Now, um, you know, what are your thoughts with, with what's happening with this um, start to the season? Um, you can comment on what we were discussing with orange County, having to open on the road, um, it would have been nice to see, uh, you know, Orange County get sort of a marquee matchup at home to start the thing or possibly a easy win. If there's ever an easy win in a league like this uh, to start the season uh, so you can have sort of that party atmosphere. What are your thoughts on that? And what, how do you think the first uh, five matches are going to go for Orange County? Uh, I missed because Internet, I missed a bunch of what you said. I'm just going to comment on the first five matches of the season. Um Three of the teams that we face, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, and Sacramento, I imagine are all going to be playoff teams, at least in the uh, running for playoffs. Uh, San Antonio is probably not too far behind, and RGV I have no idea about. Um, I think it would be safe to say, as an Orange County supporter here, 
what uh on the low end expect seven points eight points i think would be uh fair i think a lot of these teams are beatable um i think sacramento is largely improved from last year um colorado springs is still a good team rgv are they at home or away uh, RGV, that's going to be a home match. That's the, the home opener for Orange County. That's where we're going to celebrate and have fun with the cup. Oh yeah. Home. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a good eight points to be earned out of those, uh, first five games. Um, hopefully more, but you never know. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Cause I, I think since we've been doing this podcast and since I've sort of been following this club, the, the start of the season's never been amazing. There's usually a, a couple disappointing matches to start off the season. Um, typically that first home match is never exciting. That's why uh, it's sort of uh, disappointing to see that a, we're not starting at home and B um, it's actually a, an opponent that's given us a hard time um, in the, in the past, I believe. So that'll, that'll be interesting. But I, I, I think um, those first, first five matches are going to, probably be pretty balanced with some wins, some losses and some draws in there. Um, let's, let's do this over under. Uh, I know Brad said eight points is doable there in those first, those first uh, five matches over under on this. So for those that are unfamiliar with the gambling or betting world over under, basically, do you think there's how many points are they going to go above or below? So let's set that number for over under at Brad's number. Uh, we'll, we'll go seven and a half since Brad went with eight. I'll go to seven and a half is orange County through the first five matches going to be over or under that seven and a half Allen. I'm going to go over. So Allen goes go over, over on that. All right. Perfect. Um, what about, Oh, let's go right here. El Patron de Grayson is predicting nine points from this first five games. So he's definitely going with the over um, number there. Dylan, do you have a, a guess or, or a prediction on that over under seven and a half points? What are you going to go with? I'm going to go under. I'll just play the the opposite of that one. It's okay, man. We we get hot in September and October when it matters. That's the best time to get hot when you're playing in a league with single elimination playoff matches. Uh, Brad, if you can, if your internet's working good enough, um, I, I moved it to seven and a half. So are you going to stick with that eight and go with the over? Yeah, of course. Perfect. Um, I'm going to be optimistic on this. I will say over, uh, and I will um, just hope that we're correct. Three wins get you to the over. Um, you know, two wins, two draws get you to the over. Uh, so hopefully that, again, some some decently tough matches in that opening stretch there. Um, I don't think any of those are a, an, an easy three points. Am I, I correct there who, or is anyone? I don't know who the loyal is. I've never heard of the loyal before. That might be a new team. That's like the that's Rangers, Alan, right? That's Alan responding to a comment that was posted uh, on YouTube on the live stream by Cameron, uh, calling him the loyal. Um, but do any of you see out of those fr- first five matches again, uh, Colorado Springs, RGV, New Mexico, um, San Antonio, Sacramento, are any of those an easy three points or are those all going to be difficult earned points for Orange County? Just think jump in there and just say it. RGV has got to be the easiest of those five matches. Um, and, you know, we'll see if Colorado Springs has enough in them that they want to bring something back from that playoff game um, or if they just 
roll over and, and start really cold this year. But otherwise, I mean, San Antonio is going to be hungry. Sac Republic had an abysmal 2021 that they're going to want to get back. Um, and New Mexico is going to have a fresh look because La Cessna is out of the, uh, out of the picture now. So they might actually be able to win games now and not just tie them constantly. Um, anyone else want to jump in on, on that or can we move on? All right, let's move on. Um, that opening match, uh, and you guys, you know, this will be discussed even more next week uh, as we preview the Colorado Springs match. But one key thing to think about is it's Colorado Springs. It's very high altitude, and it's your first match of the season um, having to travel there. Should there be some sort of rule put in place where the, the uh, opening match for Colorado Springs or, or at least the other team should never be in Colorado Springs or in a high altitude location because that just is a total disadvantage for that road team? Um, anyone agree with me or is, am I just being cuckoo there? Alan thoughts cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Brad, I mean, Brad, I think you're relatively higher in altitude, at least than we are here in uh, Southern California. So it probably is not uh, a big concern to you, but I just think a team's first match should never have to be on the road at a high altitude, you know, uh, let orange County play someone in a more really reasonable altitude and then go to Colorado Springs is, is what I would say there. Uh, uh, I would yeah. I would do a counter argument to that. If it's the first match, you don't have to worry about what your schedule is like getting to Colorado. You can go early and train yeah, in Colorado for a couple of days. Like, I think that's the advantage of playing them yeah. first is if you can swing it, you go out there three, four days ahead of time and do like your last training sessions in Colorado at altitude as opposed to in Orange County where there's no altitude um, and you kind of acclimatize yourself. So it takes away some of that home field advantage. And yeah, as we see I from our producer the, uh... slash meteorologist, Andy, uh, the high or for, currently forecasted high on March 12th in Colorado Springs is 42 degrees high. Um, so it's going to be cold for a lot of Orange County players and or fans that are making the, the trip out there. Brad, you had a comment on that. On yeah, opening. I believe uh, I, I, I agree with Alan on this one. Uh, I'd rather start playing in uh colorado than necessarily or at least the second game uh give yourself a little bit extra time up there i believe it's 48 hours is what it takes to acclimate yourself to higher lower elevation so totally in favor of you know it sucks not starting at home as a championship team but i'd rather just get that game over with especially you know instead of late october where it's cold again and uh and you're fighting for playoffs. All right, so let's uh, get into this. So uh, after a couple seasons of weird, you know, groups of teams, uh, instead of just full-on Eastern and Western Conference, we're sort of back to that traditional Eastern Conference, Western Conference, 13 teams in the West. Um, that is Colorado Springs, El Paso, Locomotive, LA Galaxy 2, Las Vegas Lights, Monterey Bay, New Mexico United, Oakland Roots, Orange County SC, Phoenix Rising, RGV Toros, Sacramento Republic, San Antonio, and San Diego, the loyal. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the new playoff format for these teams is going to be the top seven make it to the playoffs with the top seed getting a first round by sort of that reward for being the best team in your conference through the regular season. Um, which teams, when you look at all those, are, are there any teams that you would right now with, you know, less than two weeks before kickoff to the season, uh, 
shoe, uh, you know, pencil in as these these teams in the West are, are absolutely making the playoffs. Is there any teams? And you can say no. You could say one, two, three, four teams. Whatever your thoughts are. I'm going to start off with you, Dylan. I'll I'll take one from Alan here, but San Diego. Um, I think they have the experience now, and they had a rough rough time. They seem to be reinforced really well, and it's hard to see how. I mean, Kyle Vassell is just an absolute unit. Like he's he's going to dominate at this level. Um, how, I, I don't know how you can count against them. Elsewhere, it's hard to say what you're going to get out of a two team. Um, so I'm, I'm going. I'm getting on that. Uh, I'm getting on that loyal train, but a little bit. Like I'm hanging off the caboose, getting drunk with a cup okay. in my hand. <laughs> So the only team you think is a lock for the playoffs uh, heading into the season in the West is San Diego, is what you're oh, saying. Well, I mean, outside of us and the Phoenixes, yeah. But like, I feel like Phoenix. Is there multiple Phoenixes? The that's a that's a fair point, right? I guess I guess I'm out of here now. Um, I always I always get called Dylan out for out. my bad pronunciations, uh, so we got to give Dylan uh, a headache for. The, I mean the, the way they the, the way they sign players they essentially have two starting 11s so they're kind of some it feels like there's two phoenixes. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> there you go, Dylan. Let me go to you, you Alan. <laughs> Alan, do you um, have any uh shoe-ins for the playoffs out of the West? Let's see. Um I think there's definitely seven teams that are going to make the playoffs out of the West. I think um that's pretty confident bold I think that's a there. I think that's a lock. Uh yeah, this is what's hard right now is like there are there is going to be a good team that is going to miss the playoffs. Like they made it seven on purpose. Like El Paso, like I'm I'm waiting. Like their coach left. How good are they going to be? How much of it was El Paso? How much of it was, you know, the coaching staff? Like, is it going to be a residual year where it stays good for a little bit? Um, I'm waiting. Like, not that El Paso is going to be bad. I'm just like. I need them to show me, right? They're going through a huge transition. Um, Sacramento will probably not be as bad as they were last year. Uh, Oakland is probably going to be as good as they were last year. Um, You know, obviously Phoenix, you have New Mexico that can go on a run. Someone's missing out. But I think as far as like a lock is concerned, like if I had to put money on one team, you have to put on Phoenix. Like they're going to make the playoffs. Um, they Other tend to make the that, playoffs. They just tend not not to get do too well in the playoffs. I guess they did ha- make it to the final the one season. So let's not bash them too hard. But right. But I mean, you're look if you. I mean, you're looking at these teams and San Antonio for sure is in the conversation. Sacramento has to be. Orange County has to be. El Paso probably should. Uh, New but Mexico it's not the conversation. It's the locks. It's the, the locks, locks that we're looking for. <sighs> You got to go out. You got to go out and, uh, you know, you got to, you just say something. You got to at least pick one team that's a lock for you, Alan. Dylan picture I mean, the Loyals. I, I think, yeah, I think Phoenix. I think Orange County. I think past that, I don't think there's any guarantee that any of those teams make the playoffs. Because I think, I think that there are ways that they're that one team that gets, that doesn't quite make it, or they have a bad run of form, or there's going to be a good team that just doesn't get all of the points that they need to get, right? Like, Sorry, Harry, but San Antonio was that team for a while. A good team that just was on the other side of the bubble. Um, And any of these teams can play that role this next year. 
And uh, really quick, just to, to mention, uh, listener on YouTube, El Patron de Grayson, um, called out five teams that are definitely going to make the playoffs. Phoenix, El Paso, OCSC. He got it wrong. He said loyal, not the loyal. And San Antonio. Um, that only leaves two spots available for the remaining, what, um, if I do the math here, eight teams uh, in the West. Uh, that's a tough run. And here's one thing that's awesome about the way the USL has set this up for the 2022 season is you always get people that complain about the rec- regular season doesn't mean anything because pretty much everyone makes the playoffs in other sports, right? They, they, they make these jokes, right? That um, you don't have to do much. You can have like a, you could be 10 games under 500 in baseball and potentially make it to the playoffs or in basketball, and potentially make the playoffs. Um, or USL has set it up where half of the teams pretty much are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, and getting that number one seed also is a benefit because you are now getting that first round by. So the regular season, means a little bit more this this coming season for USL. And it's 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 pretty cool the way they've set this up. Uh, I'm going to attempt this because now Brad's on tablet because internet, but he still uh, seems to be freezing a little bit here. So hopefully this works out. Uh, Brad, do you have any locks in mind for the Western Conference uh, teams that will definitely make the playoffs this season? Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. All right. But I think he froze. I would say uh, oh, typical Phoenix slash uh, Sacramento looks really good this year. I think are out, and then I think it's a uh, mad push for the remaining four or five positions. Um, Dylan, tough question here. Do you? What what are the odds you give Orange County to make the playoffs this season? I don't know why I'm struggling. Um, I'm not really familiar with betting. This might have been a better question for Brad since he's in the betting. Percentage, just percentage. Like, thank you. you, There's do basic statistics here. What's the percentage that Orange County makes it to the playoffs? Not great at math, so I'm going to go with a a cool sixty nine percent. Realistically. 85. So 85% chance. So you're giving them a 15% chance of missing out on the playoffs. I mean, we're talking about the USL. So weird stuff happens every year. The league hates us. There's a target on our backs. But mostly those first two things. All right, perfect. Alan, what's your uh, percentage or your odds that Orange County makes the playoffs? Oh, a 75. 5.3%, I think. 75.3%? Yeah. I think, and then to kind of go back to your first lock question, I think there's more teams that are a lock to for sure not make the playoffs than there are to make the playoffs. But that would be too easy to get to to ask you the locks not to right. make Right, what the I'm playoffs. just saying is there's like there's more of those that you're like, these teams are definitely not making the playoffs. There's more of those than you can identify as a guarantee make the playoffs. Which is What's wild. one of those teams that you are basically calling out right now, Alan, that is not making the playoffs in the West? Vegas. All right. So Vegas, Carson, if you're listening, or anyone in Vegas, if you have any complaints, uh, you can send them over to A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines, and he will definitely respond to your complaints about that prediction. Or if you agree with him and you're a Vegas fan, you think he's spot on with that, go for it. Um, I guess we could say uh, LAFC fans, too, if you have no idea what is going on in the USL, but you just want to be mad because your team's affiliated with Vegas and Alan's a jerk for calling them out. Go for it. Let him know. 
Um, Brad, uh, odds that Orange County makes the playoffs for you. Given everyone stays healthy, I'd say 75 to 80%. So you all are giving them like a 15 to 25% chance of missing the playoffs is what you're saying. I mean, a one injuries in four chance, happen. A one in four chance of them happens. not making the playoffs is basically what you're saying. Man, this is, this is a uh, very, very unfair? sad here. They're defending champions. They have that star in their crest. They've bought, brought back quite a bit of, of decent quality players. And there's more coming from what I've been uh, told from members or, or connections to the front office. There's more exciting things to announce for this team coming up here. So I, I think it's definitely higher. I, I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to go out and go crazy here. Um, and I'll be the only one that can be called out if this is wrong, right? I'm going to say 100% that they make it. Uh, into the playoffs. Um, I'm going to hand it off to you really quick, Alan, because my computer is not plugged in. I didn't realize it. So I have to go get a, a power cable for this. So I might lose connection here. Dylan, uh, take over the hosting duties for a moment and ask a question while I go grab that. I'll be able to hear the question. So I'll be able to answer when I get back. Man, Brad right, has bad see. internet and, and Ray has bad uh, power issues. Well, I mean, I guess we could just flip it to everyone who's listening to the show. What are the odds or what is the percentage chance of Orange County making the playoffs? But that's boring. So we can have something more fun like is a hot dog a sandwich? Is cereal soup? If Yes, these are the questions I tune in for. And, quickly... <laughs> and Dylan gets Dylan gets a 30-second timeout from our producer, apparently. Um, well, that's That's probably valid. Yeah, it, it, trying to predict playoff teams in the U.S. Like, so, yes, I hear Ray Ray's point about, well, there's people who are going to be signed. And, yeah, it's like, until they're signed, we can't count on that actually happening. So, it's like, right now, I think Orange County is not a lock to make the playoffs. I think if certain signings are announced, I think that changes the perspective. Um, and then... I was like typing out the teams that I think have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. There's about, there's eight of them. I think LA and Oakland are on the bubble. Like Oakland can be a playoff team. Uh, Los Angeles has in the past um, done stupid stuff and won games that they shouldn't win. And they end up beating two teams that are probably better than them out of the playoffs. Cause they're low dose and weird things have happened. Um, you know, Vegas, Monterey Bay, probably RGV. Um, is that we haven't heard a ton of news out of RGV either. Um, I, I think those are some that you can kind of look at as saying probably not. Like Los Dos might be terrible. Who knows, right? No one could have predicted that Sacramento was going to be the team out last year in, in the Western Conference. Um, so there's going to be a team that's supposed to be good that's bad. There's going to be a team that's bad that's good like RGV was last year. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a dogfight. It's, it's, it's what's going to make the season really fun is that there are 10 teams that have a legitimate shout at making the playoffs and they're fighting for seven spots. Yeah. And I think the one thing that we haven't talked about just focusing on Orange County is that this is probably the last six months that we see if six to eight. Nope. Five, five months. It's March now. Five months that we see uh, Ronaldo Domus. It's probably the last five months that we see a Kobe Henry 
Um, both of these players have played their parts. Obviously, Ronaldo's part is a significant part of Orange County's success over the last year. Um, how does the team do without them? How does Cupa Torres, uh, how does he, how does he manage dropping down a level? Um, having not played a lot in a while, how does Michael Roscoe manage after playing all but three minutes last year? Um, it, I think this one almost comes down to fitness more than anything else because it was a shortened season two years ago. It was a condensed season last year and we went long, longer than everyone, obviously, except for Tampa. And, um, and here we are back into the swing of things. So, you know, if we stay healthy, that's great, but we don't have the best track record of that. And we have some more injury prone players, um, some of whom maybe haven't yet signed, but are supposed to be. So we'll see how that goes. And then um, maybe in July, we have this conversation again, Ray. I think Brad was putting his finger up there while Alan was speaking. I didn't know if he had a comment or a thought on something Alan was saying. Yeah. Uh, Alan brought up, uh, you know, it's hard to predict the teams that are out that could be in. Um, who Who's more likely that uh, makes a playoff push? like Oakland did last year. And I got two teams in mind uh, between Oakland and Monterey Bay. Uh, Who's the surprise team out of those that really. Did you get that Dylan? Oh, (laughs) okay. We almost got some of your questions. And uh, then it like cut out towards the end there. And then we lost out what you were going to ask. So. Um, again, that that wonderful Reno. I'll, internet I'll type it in the chat. Right we can circle. Yeah, in the chat. We'll, we'll we can circle, circle back to back it. Back type it in the chat, and we'll we'll ask it uh, and see if we can get some answers out of that. Um, Dylan I, though brought up a comment about some last uh, opportunities to possibly see some of these players this season. Um, let's let me ask you this question, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to give a big explanation, but uh, which player on the roster currently has the most value? If you're looking at maybe wanting to sell a player to make some money. Um, I'll go to you first, Alan. Which player is the most valuable? We're talking about like transfer market value. Um, who do you think you can, if you were Oliver Vies, who are you going to get the most money for? Oh, man. I might say Kobe Henry. Uh, only because of the potential that you're getting with Kobe Henry, like getting him at a young enough age to develop him uh, even further. Right, he's he's significantly younger than Damas is in as far as like sporting years are concerned. So, I know Damas might be the easier answer, but I think the mo- more creative one might be like I'm not that I think Orange County could get something like depends on what his contract was, but I think if those two players were under the same contract, I think you might be able to get some more funds um, for Kobe Henry because of his youth. Uh, yeah. Dylan, uh, your thoughts, do you agree with Alan on that or do you have a different answer? I do have to agree with them. The the age thing is probably key there. And I, I know Dama scores goals, so he is intrinsically like more valuable because of that. You're, but also y'all are like, acting like he's on the downslide of his career here at this point. I mean, he's, he's still relatively young for a, a football player. Yeah, he can still barely drink. But I think the bigger thing is where is Ronaldo trying to go? And I know right now um, they're working on him getting a green card here. So does that mean that he's going to make the jump up to MLS? Um, does maybe FC Dallas take another look at him this time with the first team? 
obviously they're missing Pepe. Um, does he make that jump up here? Does he go abroad? Uh, Kobe's obviously going to Europe, so that's going to be a bigger fee um, down the line and, and maybe also right now. If, if Ronaldo's staying in the U.S., then that's a, a completely different situation, and it's it's going to be a much much smaller fee, even though he's the one that is producing more at this very moment and is the the more exciting player in the idea of constantly putting balls in the back of the net and being fast and having this rough-and-tumble, insane style of play. So our producer, uh, Andy, threw in our chats, our private chats here, that transfer marked uh, says Damas is at 495k, and I, I I know it's not a typo, Andy. I know that's the way the the website is uh, is set up. A transfer market says Damas is 495k, while Kobe's at 55k. And I'll I'll throw this question out there, and, and Brad, if your internet works well enough, go ahead and answer this. Uh, probably heading into last season, we I, I'm going to just sort of go out there and say most of us would probably have leaned towards. Francis Jacobs having that higher value just because of all the hype uh, that was around him when he signed. And there was still some of that hype heading into last season, but he is rarely featured if at all with orange County. Um, and that's probably uh, taken away from some of that value and some of that hype. Um, does Francis Jacobs, Jacobs still have any value when it comes to what he can do? And maybe is this the season now that he finally uh, builds that value? Brad, do you have any thoughts on that? Sorry, I, I, I missed the question completely. This yeah, he is missed not it. My best night. <laughs> uh, you can just hang out and just comment in the chats, and we'll 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 read what you have to say if you hear anything on this. Uh, Alan, you were like sort of nodding and and doing all this stuff as I was going through the Francis Jacobs stuff. Um, do you agree that he's lost some value from maybe heading into last season, and what does he need to do to bring up that value um, in this season if that's the case? I mean, I would say. Probably yes. Um, I, I think with a, a player like that who's young, who got some exposure early, went over, did some Ranger stuff, um, and hasn't done a ton since. But how much of that is COVID related versus an, an opportunity related versus like, hey, he's just not living up to the hype? Like, how much of it is some travel restrictions or safety of player? Um, so I think that has something to do with it. I think if we make it through another full season and we don't see a lot of that, um, and maybe we, we are like breathe a sigh of relief with him. Um, sure. I, I think I would like to think that it's more like COVID restrictions, why we didn't see him getting sent places that maybe he wouldn't normally be sent to. And who knows with 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 uh, Francis and, and Kobe, they may be equal like talent wise and and value wise, but just Kobe's in a position where there was only two players ahead of him in the pecking order, and if one of them needed a break or got injured, Kobe's the one that steps up there at the center defense. Where um, you have uh, Francis Jacobs, there there was there were a whole lot of midfielders on the roster uh, that could step in if someone goes down, and then you know. Uh, Seth Kasipley comes back late in the season. That's definitely taking away from anything Francis Jacobs might do. So it could just be a matter of the availability and the, the opportunity for minutes there that maybe takes away from what Francis could have contributed. Maybe um, this is his season to try and start showing some of those things, or maybe it's one of those stories of a player being hyped early on and, and struggling to find their place uh, in the professional world of, of soccer. Um, 
yeah. Uh, any, any thoughts from you, Dylan, any, do you guys have, I, I, I know you guys talked a little bit while I was trying to get a, uh, a power cable for my laptop and I apologize for throwing that on you guys. Um, any random questions about this upcoming season that any of y'all want to sort of ask for us or for even our listeners to chime in on? Or are we ready to wrap things up tonight? Is everyone ready to, you know, Brad can't really ask questions because he's um, on the phone probably with Reno Internet Services. Apparently I'm out. Why am I out? Oh, oh, because of my power you always? Oh. Um, Every episode I have to, I have to be uh, called out on something. I I thought the interesting question was uh, is who's the top goal scorer for the team this season? Because there's right, some pretty there's some pretty interesting arguments that it's not Damas uh, for maybe not I mean for pretty obvious reasons right if he doesn't finish the season with Orange County it's gonna be very hard for him to be the team's leading scorer uh, or you might lean on some guy you some guys that you signed and one of them has a very square head um, allegedly. Um, so I, I like, think let's talk about this, right? Really quick. Yeah. Now. Let's 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 name some of these players that are potential leading scorers for Orange County. You got Ronaldo Damas. You've got uh, Ugo Okoli. You've got uh, Kubo. Uh, who else is potential uh, our potential goal scorers? Dylan. I mean, that's that's in the list of serious contenders. I mean, maybe Milan Olaski, but how much is he going to score from the 10 role? What is about Ryan Olaski? He can potentially score goals. Um, how much is he going to score from the wing? I mean, I loved his Ryan Giggs impression against Sacramento last year, but that's that is far from a sustainable thing to create. Um, Miko? As opposed to, sure, I mean, the, how many long-range free kicks are we going to have? You know, it's. <laughs> it, I think those three are the ones that really come down to it. And I'm going to put my uh, put my money on Damas, no matter how long he's he's around this year. So Dylan says, even if Damas is gone in the summer, like midway through the season, he's still going to be the leading goal scorer. Um, so that begs a question: If that's the case. Is Orange County making the playoffs? Um, if if your leading goal scorer is gone this whole second half of the season, um, and no one was able to come in and, and fill those stats the way the leading goal scorer does, um, who knows? Um, we got uh, some comments here. El Patron de Grayson, uh, Ugo will find the back of the net twelve to fourteen times this season. Is that realistic, Alan? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I think like he has the ability to. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and look at Russell's throwing in the name Brent because Brent scored on Saturday, and we all know that he had an attacking. Um, you know, he's an attacker at heart, and then just was transformed into defense uh, as a professional here. Um, could he potentially be this? Uh, maybe, maybe there's this secret plan to move him up to to the attacking band of players, and he'll score like. 12 goals this season who knows brad's shaking his head no he's like no chance even if he can't speak we can see his actions at I least love if brent, you're watching the stream i love brent well, but now. he's not he's not a goal. we all remember last preseason though when he first joined the team and he he did that cross and it just somehow went to the goal and we even asked him if it was a cross or a shot and i think he honestly admitted it was a cross that went into the goal which is pretty cool um then Alan, uh, do you, do you think Thomas is our leading goal scorer for 2022, or do you do you think it's going to be Ugo or Kubo or some other name? Maybe Rakowski comes up and and scores goals all season long, or it's some guy that you get in the middle of the year who comes in because Thomas moves on. Um, 
I, I think if Damas stays for more than half the season, I think he's the leading goal scorer at the end. Um, but it depends on when he leaves and if he leaves. Um, and then I think that falls to uh, some of your other offensive, like Ugo or Kubo. Uh, Ugo Kubo? Ugo? <laughs> no, that's not going to work. Um, they're gonna be nice. They're gonna be like that Benner for name for uh, yeah. for Ugo yeah. and Kubo. Yeah, uh, Ugo and Kubo it sounds like a Pixar movie. Ugo and Kubo, um, best friends for life. Um, I think you're gonna have to lead in on one of those two if if Damas leaves, and that's why I thought it was an interesting conversation of do you pick Damas? No, and then if you, the caveat is he's leaving in August, do you still pick Damas to lead the team? I mean. Maybe we saw, I mean, Haji Berry like went off on a tear for one half of the season and then Colorado Springs kind of rode that wave into the playoffs. So there's that possibility as well. And then Orange County's proved once you get to the playoffs, it's one game. If we keep clean sheets, we'll at least get a, a shot at PKs. Like, you know what I mean? I think that, that's another option too, is you just go out as fast as you can, as hot as you can and get out in front knowing that you might lose Damas. And then uh, you ride that wave in. And if he stays, great. Um, if he doesn't, then you're going to have some transition period. And uh, hopefully you've built up a good enough cushion that you can kind of ro- ro- roll through some rough spots. All right. Um, so, again, uh, next week we will actually preview an actual match that is taking place, which is uh, getting back into the swing of things here for us. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, let's go ahead and ask this. Is there any other soccer related news or anything anyone wa- else wants to discuss? Um, I do have one thing I do want to bring up. Um, and this just comes from me being a Spurs fan and then following certain teams from the USL. Uh, but Tormenta FC did sign a former Spurs uh, youth player and player in uh, Kaziah Sterling. Uh, and their Twitter comes out and the first portion of it is Champions League experience to the 912. Um, I, I get it. You're going to hype players when they come to your team. And even if the player played one minute in the champions league, you're going to uh, call that out in your social medias and all that stuff. Uh, but let's, let's bring down the hype there. Cause I certainly was never this like amazing player that featured for Tottenham or for any team in the premier league or the, uh, USL or I'm sorry, um, England champion, uh, EFL championship, EFL league one, EFL league two, He's sort of a journeyman player at his young age, last playing in the seventh slash eighth tier of English football. I don't really know where that team was from. Um, so he's now signed uh, with uh, Tormenta. Good for him, um, but it's it, is it sort of weird or do you guys have a problem when teams are hyping a player that maybe played non-important minutes in maybe the Champions League or FA Cup or even in the Premier League because they have that on the resume or is that just something... Is that is that being a good social media manager, Dylan? Um, I'll just get in trouble for saying what I think, but I'll do it anyway. Um, no, it's really stupid. I mean, Iro and was a quote-unquote former Real Madrid forward, um, but he only played for Castilla, which is the reserve team, and he's another journeyman that you know did you know have the most stellar careers after leaving Madrid for uh, not being fit enough. So kind of funny that seven years on, we kind of have the same issue after an injury. Um, that being said, if it increases your SEO, yeah, that's that's ultimately what that job is, is focused on. It's disappointing. And more from the human side of it, I hope that 
he can kind of like let that past go um, and instead of being this Tottenham starlet, Tottenham failure kind of thing and, and getting lost that he's he's come over here and hopefully can set the world alight because we do love some Englishmen here in the U.S. for some reason. Um, and uh, I do like our Englishmen quite a bit. <laughs> now, hopefully he can just kind of put, you know, his, his youth and his teenage years behind him and uh, the Champions League pressure and the, the Tottenham pressure and, and do something fun because that's that's a lot more interesting than than where he's come from. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to call him out and say he's a horrible player. He's he, I mean, he definitely has talent. There's a reason why he was in Tottenham's Youth Academy. There's a reason why a number of teams have taken a, a chance with him, um, bring him onto their roster. But again, his last appearances were six appearances for Potter's Bar Town, which, again, I couldn't confirm if they were seventh or eighth in the English tier system. Um, and he made six appearances, three goals. But prior to that, um, and all his other appearances, which was very rare with teams like Sunderland, Doncaster Rovers, Leighton Orient, Southend United, and Greenock Morton. Um, he scored one goal in roughly 20, 25 appearances with those squads. So, um, what, was, uh, what was that last team? Greenock Morton. That sounds like a Morton. That sounds like a twenty-four hour diner. Yeah, do you uh, Greenock Morton. Greenock. I don't. I don't know. It's G R E E N O C K. They're in the Scottish Championship, uh, second tier Scotland. So, um, but you know, again, it's one of those things I get it. If you're a social media manager, you have to sort of hype up these new signings and show that you've brought in really good talent. And he did make an appearance, uh, I believe at some point in the champions league, maybe he didn't cause uh, I don't know. I I'd have to look it up, but I'm looking at Wikipedia right now and it shows for Tottenham. He made zero appearances. Um, so who knows, but, um, you know, he at least was on a team that made the champions uh, league at some point we know. Um, but you know, hopefully this is a turning point for him in his career. He's still only 23 years old, so he can still come out, um, and play, uh, and showcase his skills and maybe make a return out to, to Europe, uh, with a team, maybe league two, league one team in Europe. And that'd be a great success story for him and for USL league one. Uh, any other soccer stuff anyone want, else wants to discuss before we move on to random news? Uh, yeah. Since, uh, Sholos got beat by San Diego, uh, they have, they went back to league Mackies and, have won two games in a row, uh, beating the former champions. So, um, if you're if you're a professional soccer team and you want to that get that San Diego bounce, uh, come on down, let us beat you, and then you'll get that bounce. Well, yeah, Alan trying to to make the work there and get some wins for his local squad. Uh, and now that you're part of the Two Balls and Mike team, you're going to follow a little bit more on some of those uh, uh, teams in in Tijuana and in San Diego, correct? Yeah, and I also got to talk some smack because uh, Tony is a Chelsea supporter and I'm a Liverpool supporter. So we got to, I got to talk a little bit of smack on Tuesday, uh, Monday show. So let's move on then to some random news. And you sort of uh, get some leads. I, I'm sure this, this topic will come up, but you brought up Chelsea. So I just have to say, um, Unconsciously, when I was getting my uh, outfit out for to head to work today, I grabbed this shirt, which is yellow and blue. Um, didn't quite realize what I was doing until I started putting on. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the color of colors of the Ukrainian flag. Um, everyone that uh, is listening probably knows what's going on out there. Uh, so all the uh, prayers and support that we can give out there to the people of Ukraine who are uh, going through a hellish nightmare at this point is the and that's that's not even 
describing it completely right there's there's just crazy i could not imagine being in that type of scenario where you're uh having to wake up or hear air raid sirens going on um it, it's a crazy time in this world right now so hopefully um as many people out there can't that can can stay safe hopefully somehow some way miracle miraculously this gets resolved and we limit any kind of uh death and those that uh are in the wrong or held responsible. Um, I know Chelsea sort of linked to this because of their ownership group. Um, and there's a lot of other things going on there. So I just had to call out. I had to say, um, you know, I, 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 I'm at least backing and, and hoping and supporting the people of Ukraine um, for this uh, attack on their, their lives. Um, so hopefully it doesn't last much longer. Uh, Dylan Allen, any random thoughts from you all? That's it. So, Brad, anything? I saw Brad's face pop up really quickly there. Um, yeah, I but think yeah, I, camera's frozen. It's okay, but we can still hear you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's it, This is just a train wreck. It's kind of funny to me. Um, my random thought is State of the Union came out today, uh, and I'm going to listen to it tomorrow because America. I just got to ask Alan, how how did uh, you guys were sort of competing with the State of Union or no in the USL show? I wouldn't say competing. Well, how were your numbers compared to the State of the Union? I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know what are the numbers for the State of the Union. Probably significantly better. Probably, I would assume. There's a Maybe. few people hanging out. <laughs> I mean, um, you, yes. you get to hear me make up a starting 11 using colors and connecting it to music and musicians. So that's fun. There we go. So what a plug there from Alan for the USL show. Go listen to him discuss colors and numbers and music. Apparently educational is what the USL show is, um, which obviously we are not. So uh, we appreciate that you listen to us anyways. Um, I want to thank our producer, Andy. I want to also thank uh, Dylan, Alan, Brad, and all of you who listen and comment and can, uh, participate with us in the show. You know, this is one of the reasons we do it. If anyone's listening to the podcast version of this, jump on. We're on every Tuesday, 8.30 Pacific time. You can jump on on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, share some comments, listen, and, and participate with us. And we will interact with you as best possible uh, as we do this. Uh, again, so for everyone, Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh!